This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. It's been a good 10-year run for fast-growing emerging markets, but now many of them face severe economic imbalances built up during the go-go years. Those structural flaws could be papered over in good times, but they have finally undermined sustainable growth and the cracks are starting to show. Wharton Management Professor Mauro Guillen discusses how formerly hot emerging market countries are passing the growth engine baton back to developed countries. We're meeting today with Mauro Guillen, a management professor at Wharton, to talk about what's happening in emerging economies. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Can you discuss what's been happening very recently in emerging economies. A lot of money has been flowing out. Uh, Their growth rates look like they're slowing down. I realize it's hard to generalize, but it is happening to a lot of countries, perhaps for different reasons. And uh, one of the uh, explanations for this, at least a partial explanation, is that the Fed's so-called tapering off uh, is, is a worry because that may mean that U.S. interest rates would go up and look relatively more interesting than than uh, the returns that investors are getting on their so-called hot money in these emerging economies. So it's about these, these uh, financial flows rather than foreign direct investments in bricks and mortar and that sort of thing. You're absolutely right. I mean, the fact that investors are anticipating that the Federal Reserve will uh, change its policy in the near future is obviously putting some pressure on those short-term hot money flows right into emerging economies. And people, of course, don't want to be caught uh, in the middle, right, of all of this. And uh, they tend to move their money uh, to where it can uh, get the uh, highest possible yield. I think that's a very important background factor. I don't think it's the only one. I mean, what we see in many emerging economies, just uh, speaking broadly about them, is that the current model of growth is uh, kind of, ex- uh, you know, becoming exhausted, right, which is has been in many of these emerging economies export-led, right? So we've seen very little progress in most of these countries, China, India, Brazil, in terms of the development of a domestic market that would compensate for slower growth in terms of uh, exports. Uh, There's been some progress, but not enough to uh, essentially keep the the economy going at, uh, you know, very fast uh, pace, uh, you know, which is what happened uh, throughout the last few years. Now, we shouldn't forget, it's remarkable that even during 2008, 2009, 2010, the financial crisis, emerging economies continued growing as they did. But now they're at a crossroads. And of course, this comes at a very bad moment when um, there's also political turmoil in several of them. As you know, there are street protests in many of these economies, Brazil most recently. Uh, There's rising income inequality, which also adds to the the problems. And more broadly, I think uh, there are bubbles. Uh, you know, there's clearly a real estate bubble in several of the markets in Brazil. There's clearly a real estate bubble in several areas in China or perhaps all over the country uh, and so on and so forth. So there are many imbalances that have been building up uh, in several markets over the last 10 years of rapid growth. And then, as you can imagine, of course, to just make things even worse, the banking system always, always suffers from the buildup of these bubbles. And we're starting to see some in some of these markets that uh, the percentage of non-performing loans, it's also starting to increase, and bad assets on, on, on the balance sheets of banks. Uh, so yes, we are at a crossroads. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I think right now, uh, right now, I guess, one of the biggest uh, 
problems for emerging economies is that neither the U.S. nor Europe, which are traditionally the most important export markets, are growing that much. So this comes at a bad moment. It comes at a bad moment for everybody. Uh, U.S. GDP growth was just upgraded, I think, from 1.7 to 2.5 for, I guess, the second quarter. So that's, that's one hopeful sign. Um, who knows what will happen in Japan, though there is an effort there to crank up the economy in ways that haven't been done in the last 20 years or so, the so-called lost decades. Um, uh, but uh, And Europe is struggling just with its nose above the water. So is there perhaps a grand shift, even if it's a mild one, uh, happening where the uh, emerging economies, which had been sort of carrying the world economy, or at least preventing a, a you know something worse than what happened, are now sort of passing the baton to the developed countries once right, again? Right, exactly. The baton seems to be passing, not perhaps fast enough, because the U.S., as you just said, uh, is enjoying um, a little bit faster growth, but not the kind of growth that we would like to have here in order to reduce unemployment. Uh, and then Europe, of course, is just not enough. Uh, so yes, I mean, this is much better from the point of view of emerging economies than the situation a year ago or two years ago. But I think the big question mark is whether it's uh, big enough. And I think it is very clear that all of the debate about the development of the domestic market, domestic consumption market in the BRICS, in Mexico, I think now has become very relevant because I don't think that these economies can continue enjoying high growth rates, let's say, into the next five or 10 or 15 years, unless the domestic market in these countries becomes so much more important. In other words, that they switch away from an export-led model of growth to one that is more balanced between exports and domestic consumption. Which of the emerging economies would you worry about the most uh, under the circumstances you've been talking about? Well, I think uh, there are reasons to be worried in, in each of the large emerging economies. I think Brazil probably right now uh, stands out as being the biggest underperformer. Uh, Brazil was growing at, you know, six, seven, eight percent just a few years ago, and now it's barely growing. And we see over there many of these tensions and the overheating. And I worry about Brazil also because Brazil is more vulnerable than the others because it is highly dependent on the hot money uh, that has been coming into the country to cover the deficit that they have in their current account, in their relationship uh, in terms of trade and other kinds of flows. I mean, Brazil, in spite of being a major export power, it is still a country that imports more than what it ex exports. So they need money, capital flows, to come in and bridge the gap. Uh, so I worry about Brazil, uh, and I think uh, I worry about Brazil also because Brazil is 40% of Latin America. And if something bad happens in Brazil, then that's going to have a big impact on, on the region. But having said that, I think uh, there's plenty to worry about in China these days. And also in India. India, uh, with all of its poverty and all of the need for more growth, it's now very clearly, very clearly underperforming as well. I don't worry that much about Russia, quite frankly. I think Russia. It's, uh, you know, to a very large extent shielded from much of this uh, because, uh, well, it is a, you know, um, an economy that generates enough export earnings and it is an economy that um, has such, you know, natural wealth, vast natural wealth, that unless they grossly mismanage it, uh, they will probably weather any kind of storm. What about uh, places like uh, Indonesia and, uh, say, Thailand? 
those kinds of countries? Are they, they, they go, as China goes, so go those countries. Is that what's most likely to happen? Well, that's part of it. But more importantly is uh, U.S. and Europe, because those are the more important, uh, most important export markets. I mean, Thailand and uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, uh, Malaysia, uh, these are countries that very much depend on the U.S. market uh, and also European markets for their exports. Uh, now, having said that, I think they have one advantage, which is that I don't think uh, you are seeing in those economies the kinds of bubbles that have emerged in places like Brazil or China. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.